Vital Educators podcast is hosted by self-development coach, investor, and renowned educator, Ahmed Saqib. Ahmed will speak to fellow educators, young professionals, ordinary people like you and me about their life choices that allowed them to become successful in their careers. He will also delve deeper into the psychology and their perception of success, the good, bad, and the ugly. For young students, he will discuss techniques to help you with your learning and development. Ahmed is committed to helping you determine what you want to do in life. He will share his own life experiences of self-discovery and self-realization that has led him to launch this venture. So this podcast is for anyone who wants to know more about various paths to becoming successful in any profession or passion. Hi guys, Amit here from Vital Educators. So today I have a founder and owner of an educational resource company and uh, she's also a director for a training company as well. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, and her name is Yvette. Hi Yvette, how's it going? You're right? Yeah, I'm all good, thanks. Of course, you founded an educational resource company uh, called Do Your Think Educational Resources. Where did you get the idea to do that from? Um, because I've always been writing educational resources ever since I qualified as a teacher. So it's kind of something that I really enjoy doing. And I thought, well, hey, why not just make it into a business? So I did. Wow. So so how long have you been doing that for then? Oh, my goodness. I've been a teacher for over 20 years. Mm. So in saying that, I've been writing curriculum and educational material probably since I graduated. So maybe for 20, yeah, 20 something years, I've been writing, you know, curriculums and things like that. Wow. A lot of people, will, a lot of teachers uh, turns around. It's, it's weird because the, most of the teachers, maybe, I don't know what the situation in Australia in Australia is, but definitely in the UK, uh, people, uh, teachers kind of get fed up of uh, doing the same thing over and over again for five six years and they want to change a career especially in the uk i mean you you see the dropout rate for uh, uh for teachers in the uk is is enormous uh because the job is extremely stressful it doesn't pay a lot and uh and of course uh, it's pretty much doing the same thing over and over again and following the what's the word i'm looking for a system basically there's yeah. no uh so there's a lot of um paperwork involved how did you how did you how did you manage to stay if you do have the same system in australia first of all uh, and how did you manage to stay in it for 20 odd years and not get bored of it because i kept changing the type of education that i was working in i guess you could say Mm. so i've jumped into different i guess you could say realms of education so um, by doing that, I felt like I've kept my career alive and kept the passion alive because I felt like I've done a lot to do with education, if that kind of makes sense, because, you know, I, I've, I've done everything. And I think because of that, that's how I've managed to stay in it for so long. Could you kind of elaborate on that, please? Um, as in, when you said you did everything, what did you start off as and how did you... Because if a teacher's listening to this, they yeah. might... And if they might be thinking, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, what kind of other avenues exist within the realm of education that they can kind of morph into? Yeah, so my um, career is really varied and very, I guess, you know, kind of chosen my own path, so to speak, and, you know, just went with the flow. So I originally qualified as a secondary teacher and I qualified to teach um, humanities. So my main areas were history and performing arts. 
So I went, uh, yeah, so that's when I qualified in that when I was in my early 20s. And in doing that, I went off to teach in a high school and taught history and performing arts and so forth. And when I was doing that, I discovered I had, and that was for high school, I discovered Mm. that I liked teaching primary kids as well. So I went back and did my primary teaching qualification. Wow. So, and while I was doing all that, I thought, oh, you know what? I'm sick of teaching in a school. Let's start my own drama <laughs> school. So I started my own drama school, which means wow. I had to write my own curriculum. I had to write my own things. It was, you know, me teaching it. There was mm-hmm. no guide as such. So that's where I, you know, developed all my resources from. And then, you know, the things just went on from there. And here I am, I guess. <laughs> Wow. How do you, how, how, how you seem uh, like a very multifaceted, multi-talented lady, if I may say so. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> so uh, where do you get this passion to, um, to uh, A, stay in education, which means yeah. love teaching, and yeah. then also be educated in those uh, specific areas as well like you talk about uh at the start you went from uh, uh humanities uh to uh to primary school to then yeah. primary school to teaching drama and then yeah. drama to now having your own business how yeah. are you staying in the same industry in the same sector but doing two three four completely different things and what was yeah. the most enjoyable of them well that's actually quite funny because when I was teaching um, drama and doing all that and teaching primary school, I then mm-hmm. somehow found myself working for, and this is really out there, um, an after-school care service, so like childcare, but I was a drama tutor for childcare, so like an <laughs> extracurricular thing. And then I said, yeah. oh, I really like this area of education. So I ended up working in the childcare sector as a director, and then I loved training my staff which led me to higher education to train people Mm. in certificate and diploma qualifications in childcare. So I guess in a way, as a teacher, I like learning things as well. So Mm. I think that's what kept me going because I've learned how to do so many different things by, you know, keeping myself skilled and, you know, changing my career every so often within the realm of education and teaching myself. Things, wow, I guess. and and that's where your ethical training solutions uh, company was formed as well, right? Uh, that's where yeah. the, the training part. Oh, okay, wow. Yeah, so I, yeah, so we formed that in 2015 after I worked for a larger corporation as a training manager, so for a private college, and mm-hmm. I was a training manager there, and um, I met my business partner there. She was mm. one of my trainer and assessors, like my second in charge. And we kind of decided we didn't like the direction that the company was going in that we're working for. So we mm. thought, you know what, we could probably do this better ourselves. So we both resigned from our job and that's wow. how Ethical Training Solutions started. So so uh, what kind of direction would you like the Ethical Training Solution to take? First question and part two of that question, if there is one, uh, why call it Ethical so, training solutions because uh, it kind of yeah because because it kind of uh, t- tells me that the company that you may have been working for uh, again this is me presuming weren't ethical you could say that so um, it, it, <laughs> i'm not gonna i can't really divulge myself <laughs> i probably could but i wouldn't um yeah so the direction that i want ethical tracing training solutions to go into is the direction it's already in like over mm. the last like this is our fifth year we've worked so hard to build up strategic partnerships with other training organisations and with um, industry professionals and things like that. So I feel like we're on the right path. Um, I would like to do a little bit more, like I go to New York every year just to visit my family. And while I'm there, I do do, um, a workshop on course creation with a colleague over there. 
So I'd nice. like to I'd like to push ETS, which I call ethical training solutions, we call it ETS for short. I'd like to maybe push it into a global market, maybe down the track. I know that's a bit wow. ambitious. But no, 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 never, right? <laughs> of course. I mean, who opens, uh, who who has an education company and thinks one day I won't take it global? Of course, uh, the <laughs> whole point is to um, grow and, and benefit as many people as you possibly can. And clearly you've been doing that for a while. And and uh, I, I wish nothing but uh, the all, all the best of luck to you in doing that, of course. Yeah. So I presume you're uh, after Australia, your next... Um, place to launch would be if you had if you had one would be us yeah. right because you've been training there and you have a you have yeah. you have a friend there uh yeah. makes sense makes sense yeah so, so that's the plan <laughs> so you're training you in ethical training solution you're training uh teachers to um uh it, to teach teachers to do what exactly if you don't want me asking yeah so there's so many facets to our organization so mm-hmm. within our company, we um, predominantly, as I said, do training for the care industry. So mm-hmm. we work very closely with another college, with another private college. Mm-hmm. And together in partnership with them, we offer the Diploma and Certificate 3 of Early Childhood. So that's mm-hmm. teaching people who work in childcare as childcare educators to go out in the workforce and work in childcare. Now, here in Australia, childcare is really heavily regulated and you can't mm-hmm. work without one of these qualifications. And so the idea is if you want to work in the childcare industry, come to us, we train you, and then we possibly get you a job after it as well. Wow. Oh, wow. So you you do a bit of recruitment as well at the same time with with this company as well. Yeah. yeah, That's brilliant. Yeah, because we've formed a lot of strategic partnerships over the last five years and even over our career, both myself and my business partner both come from, well, she comes from the childcare industry predominantly. With me coming from education and childcare, we have a lot of strategic partnerships, obviously. So Mm. um, we kind of pulled that together and we're able to get students some jobs either working in childcare centres or in some cases working for us as nanny and babysitters. There's a high demand for that. Or working as support workers with with, um, children with disabilities. We have a lot of clients who've got disabled children, like with autism and you know all sorts of things so we have a few of our students mm. going out and working with those clients uh, so uh, um this um the au pair industry the nanny industry yeah. that you were uh, referring to do you also take people from internationally as well so for example i know a, a lot of uh, au pairs especially in the uk come from places like australia and brazil and um, yeah. america and so on and so forth but do, so do you take people to uh, mm-hmm. uh, to from, uh, from internationally yeah. And, and, and place them in, 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 in Australia or do you not do that at all? No, not at this stage. We predominantly just look at our Australian-based um, students. So the ones who are actually okay. studying their certificates and diplomas at the moment, um, mm. we use them because we know they've got the right training, they've got the right qualification, they've got the right of background. Course. And if a parent's going to need a nanny or a babysitter, then you're going to want someone who's working towards a qualification or close to being qualified then perhaps mm. somebody that we're not sure of their education or training. So that's mm. why we don't kind of touch the overseas market. Fair enough. So uh, uh, by doing these so many uh, various multifaceted roles, uh, uh, going from teaching all the way to training, and there's so much in between becoming a drama teacher and and, and be, running a company as well, yeah. so being an entrepreneur as well, that, yeah. which is one of the main ones of these. Um, yeah. What is the most fun uh, role uh, and what's the most hard, what's the hardest and most boring role? Yeah. 
Oh, that's quite funny. Well, for me, I'm a, a born teacher, I guess you could say. And I mean, I've been told a million times that my classes are very unique. I bring a little bit of uniqueness to my classes and those people who do my classes leave and go, wow, that was fun. But that's because I'm having fun. So I believe the best part for me is the training side or the teaching side, because I do mm -hmm. try to do a lot of that. Um, and I just love it because I love seeing students succeed. And I think that's just so rewarding seeing someone come from nothing to something because I've helped them. So mm. that's a really good thing. The really boring side of things, and this is going to be quite funny coming from a company director, the actual yeah. running the business type of thing. Oh, like the wow. Finance, the finances. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, all that, you know, policy writing and all those mm. sort of things that we have to worry about as company directors. That kind of mm. sends me to sleep. Lucky my business partner has a commerce background as well. Oh, so um, she's a little bit more switched on, not switched on, but, you know, a bit more passionate about that side of things. Um, mm. But, yeah, I do find the, uh, I wouldn't call it the day-to-day -day running boring. Uh, you know, just the admin, the administration side of running a company. Same, same. You're not the only one, believe me. I feel the pain. I really, really do. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, look, uh, so obviously I have an education company as well, and the yeah. podcast is based on uh, the back of the education company, a back of the business model. Um, yeah. At the same time, uh, I always wonder, like, all these uh, minute things like uh, receipts and expenses and all, all of that stuff um, and, and doing a lot, all the taxes, it just be it just becomes so mind-numbingly boring <laughs> and time-wasting, and you're like, oh, my God, I can't deal with this anymore. Um <laughs> So obviously I've been reading, there's a, there's a book called E-Myth. Um, I can't remember who wrote it, but it's such a brilliant book. It, it, it literally says that uh, once you start a company, and I know you, you've been in the game since 2015, so it's not yeah. you're not really at the starting stage, but I started in 2019, so I would consider myself to be at the starting stage anyway. Um, yeah. he, he says that you need to literally have like a president, CEO, vice president, so have like a whole map like that all the way down to the manager level and yeah. even the employee level, like uh, uh, and, and you need to fill every single one with your name and he that says in the book true. that you have to you have to literally um, make uh, a contract uh, with yourself and sign it. It says, it's, I know it's, 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 it sounds stupid, but the contract <laughs> should state exactly what your responsibilities are and you yeah. need to fulfill those responsibilities to the utmost way. And the ones that you can't, that's how you know that's the role you need to fill. Otherwise, yeah. a lot of people get gets flustered with like, okay, I can't do this, can't do that, can't do that. And and yeah. they, they just end up hiring loads of people to do yeah. like various different jobs and, and their overhead is too high. Um, I can't believe I'm talking to you about uh, <laughs> uh, all of this. Um, but but yeah. yeah. So so when you were talking to me about this, this yeah. is what was coming to my head as well because uh, I'm going through certain situations in my life as well where I'm like a bit overwhelmed with so many things to do. Yeah. And I was one man band. Now I am more, um, more. I have two people working for me uh, in various. Yeah. One works in marketing, the other one works in admin. So it's, um, it's, 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 it's a fun, it's a fun journey being in business. Yeah. So that's what I was going to actually ask you as yeah. well. How different it is uh, working for yourself versus being a teacher in Australia? Because I want to, I want to understand your uh, uh, being a teacher in Australia as well. Yeah. Um. You know what? I, I love working for myself and doing what I do. I wouldn't be doing it otherwise. I find I have more freedom. 
Um, I'm one of these creative types who loves to have freedom, loves to do what I feel needs to be done and not to be held down by rules and regulations, as weird as that sounds being in education. Mm, you know, mm. It is very regulated, especially when you're in the school system. You know, you can only do so much. And I just feel I have the freedom to um, teach the way that I want to teach and maybe take the risks that I want to take while I'm teaching um, is what I really love about running my own thing i guess you could say mm-hmm. do you need a certain type of personality do you think mm-hmm. uh to run a business such as yours an educational business as well yeah a crazy one i mean i've been told um actually just recently i've just started dabbling with podcasting and i've just released a podcast called crazy life because technically that is what my life is absolutely wow. insanely crazy but um yeah i think you just got to be one of those people who who goes with the flow i mean mm. you know you have a structure and you know you kind of have a plan of where you want your company or your business or whatever you're doing to go almost like a lesson plan i guess you could say or a training mm. plan but sometimes you've got to be ready to go off that plan and go of with course. what's in front of you and work with what's there because that could be better than what you've planned love it love it wow and uh, talk to me about uh, becoming a teacher in australia what yeah. are the hours like um how difficult it is uh, yeah. how nice are the kids as well because over here kids are absolutely manic <clears throat> sorry uh, yeah <clears throat> they're absolutely crazy so um how do you what's going on in australia <laughs> yeah well, well let me tell you when i was working in like well when i was working in the school system i had all sorts of kids like you know i worked with i worked with kids that tried to hit other kids over the head with chairs i've wow. had punch-ons i had actually one child who went ballistic out in the schoolyard and tried to hit other students with a cricket bat and that kind of shut no down way. the whole school yeah i was involved in that that wasn't too much fun but that's okay learning experience <laughs> like course. you know you take it as it comes i've had adult students that i've dealt with who i've been training certificate and diploma with who mm-hmm. perhaps would go into a childcare center setting and say things that you probably wouldn't say to other educators who are working or other staff who are working in the center um you know yeah like pretty risque stuff i might say too which would wow. result yeah like pretty full on stuff um bit out there to say the least but the funny thing is you know the student appears fine in class and their theory and practical mm. work is in class and you profit pop them on placement and um that's when the crazy stuff starts so 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 to, so tell me um how now of course you've experienced that how do you vet for the right person to do the job to recruit basically yeah so we um have a very strict interview criteria we um first of all if we're recruiting for say a childcare client or a nanny or a support working position we first do it in the, in a group situation to see how the candidate interacts within a group because mm. you know those environments you're working with kids you're working with other people we need to know that you're got a bit of confidence a bit of a you know a bit of a good personality and a good sort of mix mm. um and then we have you know a list of interview questions um and we check their qualifications where if they already come to us already qualified we're very particular which training organizations we would accept mm. qualifications from or which universities if they're not qualified and we feel that they're a good candidate for training like they got the passion they got the drive they're really you know enthusiastic then we might put them forward for training within our own organization 
and uh, so uh, and and how how quickly are once qualified are they able to get a certain role within a certain area in melbourne yeah. i presume yeah so this is within childcare predominantly is what mm-hmm. i'm speaking about mm-hmm. at the moment so mm-hmm. for instance with the i'll just use the diploma of childcare so that's a higher qual the diploma goes for around 12 months and within that 12 mm-hmm. months they do 240 hours placement like work experience placement and we're usually finding our students are getting employed while on placement because placement's a voluntary thing and it's of a course. way yeah it's a way for the childcare center to check out potential staff so what they'll do is they'll accept a student on placement see how mm. they go and things like that and if they're really good they'll pick them up for casual work or even in some cases part-time work so it can happen very quickly wow that's brilliant and uh, um of course that also builds a strong relationship between you and the employer as well correct <coughs> sorry about yeah, yeah wow yeah that's that's it's- the whole idea yeah I love it. I love the business model and I know that this is going to obviously do wonders for you. Um uh, so uh, back to teaching. I I yes. want to know more about the te- being a teacher in Australia. Uh, yeah. What are the hours like? So what time do you get up and obviously you being an entrepreneur now, you don't have all, all you have is 24 hours and you're working 24 hours basically and you even in your yeah. sleep sometimes I generally mean it. Like sometimes I'm yeah. sleeping and I feel like am I working right now and am I sleeping? Like seriously, it, it's it's yeah. a, it's a really weird feeling so yeah. talk to me about the hours yeah so the hours like if i was a normal teacher a normal teacher is there such a thing as a normal teacher <laughs> of course <laughs> a bit of a whacked out comment i mean if i was just like you know working in a school or working in a training organization i'd have set hours you know you go to work like in the school system 7:30 8 a.m. in the morning you may finish by 6 p.m. do a bit of work at home that's that but mm. um which is you know great great work life balance i guess but i guess in my line of work as a you know running ethical training solutions mm-hmm. I, i i'm still working now at 8:31 p.m. at night and that's not unusual wow. and um obviously because i've got you know colleagues overseas as well that i talk to about course creation i make mm-hmm. it messages at 3 a.m. in the morning that i might respond to mm. um so i i don't sleep <laughs> that's a really bad thing that, that i wow. do and, you know not good at that but yeah being a teacher in australia can be pretty full on if you're in the normal school system you know just mm. working normally um it it does have its perks as well i mean you get a bit of a long holiday over christmas um sometimes you might get a little break over school holidays the students may not be at school but you're still working getting ready for the next term so there is you know it can ah, get really, okay. really crazy so so well. so um presumably you guys get summer vacation as well then um yeah. which is how long for 6 weeks yeah around about that usually from late december to late uh, uh late january early february so around ah. Yeah. So okay, so th- that's good. It's opposite to obviously a UK. We get it in July and then yeah. we we go back in September. So so yeah. we have July, August and September. Yeah. And so, well, and yeah. what's what's the covid situation like over there? Are the schools closed or are they still working? They they just went back on I want to say oh, around really? the end of May. All all classes are back now. We mm. we were completely shut down from I want to say around March till May. um mm. but the schools have just reopened in the past few weeks so all the kids are back at school childcare centers are open and unis and things like that nice and when is the next academic year when did when does that start um well in terms of <clears throat> like we have semesters so we have semester 1 okay. semester 2 
So mm-hmm. semester two will kick off in June, probably the end of June, beginning of July, I think. But mm-hmm. in terms of year by year, the next full academic year, like where you've got semester one and semester two in the one year, will start probably mm-hmm. February next year. Ah, oh, February. Yeah. Oh, so okay. whereas you're, you go from September to September in a way, we go from, oh. say, February to February. Mm-hmm. But uh, in, so when we start in September, um, we have, uh, uh, like, we break up for Christmas. But now that I'm talking to you, I realize that your Christmas, which is also in December, and yeah. your summer vacation is it's kind of one. falling in this at the same time. Yeah, yeah so right. do you get, like, a e- long Easter break, presumably, or do you not? So we have, oh, like, that's we nothing. have terms. So we have term one, term two, term three, and term four. And between oh, okay. each term goes anywhere from eight to 12 weeks with a mm. two-week break in between and Easter is slotted in between term one and term two. Wow. If you had a choice, uh, and yeah. I, know th- I know that you've only worked, well, you do, you kind of have, everybody has a choice, but I, 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 yeah. I, if, uh, if it was a turn back time, which yeah. system would you prefer, UK system or Australia system? Um, you know what? I'd stick with what you know. <laughs> Maybe it is. <laughs> wow, okay. Um, I, thought, like, I thought the entrepreneur would be like, no, 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 I'm going to try and do something crazy now. I'm just going to move to another country. You, and but you're talking about the past, right? I wasn't so yeah. crazy in the past. I'm more crazy oh, now okay. than I was 20 years ago. <laughs> so, wow. So, like, you know, it's then, funny. Most people, it's the opposite. They're crazy with their children and then they realize, oh, okay, there's life here. Oh, okay, I need to calm down now. Oh, wow. <laughs> you're like, no, my Career. No, I was crazy personally, don't get me wrong, as a person, but in my career, I guess I was a little bit more settled. I had a bit of wow. a definitive path when I graduated that kind of diverted million times i agree with you i agree with you completely like i i was the same um when i started off obviously i I worked in the pharmaceutical industry for two years and uh, a comfortable job not even nothing but you know like um uh, there's a uh, if uh, i don't know whether you've heard of stoicism stoicism is like you do the hard thing hard uh, and and you find joy in doing the hard task in your life and i figured if my job is this easy now i wonder what it would be like when i'm 40 years old my parents were like (laughs) wow you're 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 it really enjoying yourself like just yeah. why bother uh by uh, why wh- why do the hard things when you can do the easy things and it's comfortable isn't that what life's all about aren't we all trying to achieve comfort and i realize that's not what my goal is i want to be uncomfortable i want struggle otherwise i feel like a numb uh person i feel like an animal basically who just gets up and and, and just lives life and just goes back to sleep you know that's um and, and there's no struggle and uh, it's, it's it's a weird concept like this is why i think this this is the entrepreneur in me this is what people think yeah. I'm absolutely nuts because uh, I, I want to do the hard thing because I genuinely enjoy it. Um, yeah. I mean, if I'm there and I see a mountain, I want to climb the mountain. I don't yeah. want to be like, oh, that looks hard. I'm just going to walk <laughs> by the path right next to it. No, no, no. I want to I want to push myself. So yeah. I, 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 it's generally nice to see somebody like you who, who <laughs> also sees in that, who also see the crazy in the world. Be like, okay, my life is too good. I, 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 and I want, I, want, I want some struggle here. Come on. Um, <laughs> Look, I'll be honest with you. Um, I Please. I get bored. I get bored really, really same. easily. So if same. I'm just sitting on my bum doing nothing and it's the same monotonous crap every day, mm. if I don't do something crazy to break up the monotonous crap, then I don't feel like I've achieved anything worthwhile. Wow. So that's where all my crazy ideas come from. <laughs> so let me ask you this. What, do you, yeah. what would you consider as achievement now? Achievement now, actually seeing an outcome for something. 
So in terms of teaching and my students and that, seeing a mm. really positive outcome or seeing a project come to fruition. So seeing, you know, a concept that I may have had at four o'clock in the morning that I quickly wrote down on a piece of paper wow. and working on that concept for a couple of months, which actually has happened in the last six months, believe it or not. And mm. um, seeing that slowly come to life is to me achievement. Um, the fact wow. that I can work on something and stick with it to try and make it come to life, I guess. <laughs> so talk to me about the courses that you're creating then, because presumably this is the sort of thing that you're talking about. At four yeah. o'clock in the yeah. morning, yeah. you can't go to sleep, you have an idea yeah. and you're like, okay, I'm going to create a course around it. Yeah, um, right. What kind of courses are you creating and are they online? Do people, especially all over the world, can access those courses or no, it's only for Australians? Mix, mix actually. I do have an online um, course portal that we created um nice. so there is that and that's predominantly care industry there's some health and wellness stuff on there some personal and professional development as well which is really cool and there were some of my crazy ideas um some other stuff we do is face-to-face -face work that we're doing mm. like um recently because we've been working in the disability industry i was sort of like oh wow wouldn't it be cool to get some people who are in i guess the disability industry in different fields like um like health and mm. and education and physical education and all that sort of thing. So at the moment, I'm creating a course with an exercise physiologist and we're collaborating wow. together to do a face-to-face -face course for disability support workers on how exercise and nutrition can assist them with their clients. So that's something that we're that we're working on at the whenever, moment. Whenever you decide to launch a course, uh, yeah. tell me uh, what kind of research do you do? Do you do any yeah. research? You're like, hmm, that'll be interesting. Let's just do that. Is it, is <laughs> no, it more no, like that? It goes, okay. it goes way deeper than that. So okay. for, for example, um, we're very, you know, very predominant on social media. So nice. we do investigate our topic via social media channels and things hmm. like that. Um, that's a big thing that we do, do a lot of polling in groups. So, for example, um, towards the end of last year, we came up with the idea of setting up a disability support workers Facebook group and doing some live free training in that group for these disability mm. support workers. And the way that we came up, we had a list of ideas. Oh, we could do this topic. We could do that topic. So we polled not just our own group, but a whole lot of other groups and people that we knew in the industry and did mm. thorough market research to find out what people wanted and what they needed help with. And then mm -hmm. we developed our program around that. So wow. that's kind of the way, it, that's the way we develop our programs. We see what there is a need for within the care industry predominantly. Um, and then we go out and do it, uh, you know, for example, course creation community. There's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who want mm. to get their course online or write a course or put a course together, but because they don't have an education background, they've got no clue what to do. So that's wow. where we would come in and sit with them and run a face-to-face -face course for a day on how to structure your online course, how to put it together, what things, what learning management system to use, how to cater for different learning styles, um, you know, but would research that beforehand and find that there's a need for that in the industry. And of course, you charge for those services, right? And where yeah. do people find out how much do you charge and how much? Uh, yeah. How does the how does the whole thing go, basically? Yeah, yeah. So we, um, you know, there's different prices for different things. Um, mm -hmm. Best thing is just to go to our Facebook page, Ethical Training Solutions, 
And on there is a link to our website. We advertise stuff mainly on our Facebook page and our website is our little, you know, services we offer sort of thing. But anything Mm -hmm. that's up and coming, any courses that we're working on or offering will always be on our Facebook page. Love it, love it. And then um, do you have websites for these two uh, educational companies as well? Do you think educational resources and ethical training solutions? Yeah, so it's just www.ethicaltrainingsolutions.com and Mm -hmm. I think the other one is www.doyourthing.com. I can't remember that one off the top of my head though, but there's, yeah. (laughs) Why why is that going? Isn't that funny, right? I don't know my own websites off the top of my head. But as I said, they're always on our Facebook page anyway. But do do you think it's easier to remember though, isn't it? Do you think? Yeah, but I haven't actually, I'll be honest with you, I haven't um, looked at that website for quite some time because I've Uh, been so concentrating on another side of things with ethical training solutions. I kind of haven't checked that as, I haven't, yeah on to that side of things fair enough fair enough fair yeah. enough well it's yeah. a really cool name though do you think yeah okay yeah, do you think? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. the reason i, I came it. up with that is um so my husband and um, another friend of mine they always used to say i'm always doing my thing <laughs> like whenever mm-hmm. i'm doing like working and that so that's how that came mm-hmm. about yeah. Wow. Wow. Such a, um, uh, I'd say unique uh, name. Definitely, I would say yeah. because uh, um, a lot of people obviously want to. They o- they always want something extravagant. Like, uh, 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 and I would probably uh, put my uh, a name, my company's name in there as well. Like, because uh, I couldn't really think of anything. I was like, how about Vital Educators? Why not? Like, I was yeah. like. Huh. Okay, because uh, a lot of people listen to us like, "What the hell are you doing?" Uh, so, <laughs> at least, at least, you, and, and I'm sure people people will also uh, read doyourthing.com. Hmm, what would that mean? What does that uh, mean? Yeah, exactly. well, that, that's pretty cool. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah. And it kind of, kind of, it, it's it's a very um, you know, uh, pedal to the metal kind of kind of name, isn't it? Like, uh, just just yeah. do it. You know, don't think yeah, about just it. Just do just. It. Yeah, I love That's it. I love I it. Do. Okay, <laughs> so if I was to ask you, what is your five-year mission? What is you actually? What is your mission and your five-year plan? To take yeah. over the world? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you might yeah, as well collaborate yeah. with Donald <laughs> Trump then. Just, just <laughs> ask him. <laughs> just bring yeah. him up. Hey, no, yeah. um, our five-year plan is to still be who we are now. Keep to our philosophy, which is ethics and education. So do okay. everything right. Make sure all everybody's got access to education, which is really important. Mm, Um, As I said, I'd like to branch out probably into the New York market is something we're kind of playing with. Um, Mm. But, you know, I don't believe in growing too quickly too soon. So that's why we're Mm -hmm. kind of keeping it small for now. But in five years, I hope we're still around as we are now. I hope we have some more um, really cool collaborations happening because we love to collaborate with other people. And maybe, of course, branch out into the U.S. market predominantly, maybe in New York, if we can sort of hit that market somehow. Love it. Love it. Wow. Okay. That's a a very realistic and very beautiful goal. So what's your mission now? So that's your goal. It goes out of the way. So say yeah. in five years time you achieve it because and don't say you won't exist. I think or you may not exist. You definitely will because you you launched in 2015 and you're still here yeah. five years later. Yeah. Who's to say you're not going to be here five years after after yeah. after five years? True. So yeah. um, so uh, w- what's your mission now? Um, How would you want to impact the world? How do I impact company? the world? Just through education, getting the word out there that education can be fun. It doesn't have to be boring because people mm. kind of 
see education and go, oh, my God, that's like when I used to be at school and a teacher sitting in front of a blackboard pointing at stuff and getting yelled at <laughs> and that. I don't want people to think that's what we're about. We're about having fun and about making education fun because we believe that, you know, if we can make it fun, people are going to learn. So we try mm. to make it fun. So I guess our mission is for people to realise that education doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't have to be something frightening. It mm. is something to be enjoyed and something that's going to help you in the long run as well. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. And I had a blast speaking to you. And yeah. it was so enlightening, understanding a different sector of education or various sectors of education and understanding yeah. the education's dynamic in Australia. So <clears throat> thank you so much for coming. And I'll see you in the next one. Thank you so much. This was Vital Educators Podcast by Ahmed Saki. Hope you enjoyed. Please follow or subscribe for more content every week.